0: I just
1: can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill,
0: you stay in Wonderland. I am loving.
1: You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Glasse Film Club podcast. And as you can obviously see, we're back on camera we again. We are back
0: on camera. It's great to be back.
1: <laughs> it is good to be back. It was January of mm. last year, which for people watching Well Into the Future and these age really well, that was about a year and a half ago now. We've been keeping the Glass A Film Club mm. podcast going audibly, but now we're back. The cameras are here. This is very
0: exciting. Camera there, camera there, camera there. Looking point, Marcus. There we There's go. The camera Spin there. them
1: round. I'm here, but Matt is back on the podcast. How are you doing? Are you excited to dive into a bit of film? Again?
0: Yeah, very well, very well. I've been hibernating a bit over the last um, 16 to 18 months. was I know you and Callum stepped into a film my boots. He's been he's doing been, he doing his bit. He's doing some fantastic work, so great work, Callum. Don't worry, I'm not here to steal all your glory. Just momentarily jump back on the podcast <laughs> because I've come out of hibernation and I'm ready to review some films. Yeah, of course,
1: of course. And... Hey, a little teaser, you might even get to see Callum's face one day. But I don't want to give the game away with that. We're here today and we've got this lovely setting. And as we'll say, early doors, thank you to the beer school for once again, letting us use this fantastic space where the fire is roaring. We can feel the heat coming off it and We've got ourselves, as we are in the beer school, a nice little tipple to wash down the film reviews with. Matt, what have we got today to drink?
0: Uh, we're supping on a lovely, lovely Beaver Town Neck Oil. It is a favourite here. It's because. a modern icon mm. of a beer, this
1: now. And I'm glad they've got it on for us in returning to this. It probably eases nicely back into our reviewing today. So, shall we go for the first sit there?
0: Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Lovely. Yeah. You know what you're getting with it.
1: You do, you do. As fruity and hoppy as ever. Thank Mm. you to the gang at Beaver Town for letting us pay for your beer. (laughs) Lovely. Anyway, that's enough of the beer. We've got a film to review. We have got a film to review. And we're going straight back at it here with the cameras. We're going for a brand new film, out in the cinemas as we speak, out on Disney Plus as we speak. It's a hugey, it's a remake, it's a reinterpretation of an old classic. Disney, it's Cruella yes Woo! we thought we'd go big you know we'd like to go on the old films here but let's do something that's out there now Ooh. to show that we are down we've got our fingers on the pulse we have been hibernating but we're now mixing up again matt i think we should start with a little plot overview mm. what's the film about and then we can dive in and share our thoughts and have a tete-a-tete about that
0: absolutely so it's a, a prequel to the uh the children's classic the disney classic that is the 101 dalmatians if you're a fan of dogs you must have seen 101 dalmatians i know i have but i love dogs um but yeah so it's a uh, the the main well the only baddie in 101 dalmatians Cruella deville setting about her backstory really painting the picture of how she became who she is why she became that way and i'm going to re-watch 101 dalmatians now to kind of like see how it links into it but it's following her young life which gets off orphaned at an early age um becoming working her way up through the fashion design world while she's living with a a couple of uh ruffians shall we say yeah, as ruffians. they're um living a bit of a um what's the way i'm looking for it'll come to me later anyway we'll move on move on from that as they're doing the stealing doing the robbing trying to make ends meet on a day-to-day basis and then yeah through various twists and turns she'd be re-identifies herself as Cruella, changes her personality and gets up to a bit of badness. Um, But yeah, fantastic film. Um, Any other plot points I've missed out there, Mark? No, I think
1: that is um, what you said there with the prequel. I hadn't seen the film for a long time, 101 Dalmatians, Mm. probably watched it once as a child. So as watching it, I only had little bits coming to mind. So it was almost a blank canvas for me when I went in. Um, But no, I think there's a good summary there. My initial reaction from watching it was one of... It felt very contemporary of the time. And it was just a very good all-round watch, as you'd expect from something Disney. Yes, we'll get into what a few wider themes and stuff like that, but I think straight away... Very watchable uh, film. We quite fast-paced in you how it'd go along. There was a classic little bit of showing her as she was younger, yep. moving up to as she was older, and that's when Emma Stone kicks in into her role. But, yeah, it definitely felt of the time, and the vibe I got from quite early on as we started going into uh, the Emma Stone scenes. Uh, mm. It was borrowing a lot from that kind of origin story yeah. that you see in superhero films now. Yes. Like... Um, I'm not big on these I know I've ranted about this before but you've got the ones that Marvel are doing Mm. and they do a lot of this like Joker is one of the big ones the last Mm. few years but that's become a thing hasn't it like this origin story I feel there's definitely a lot of Borrowing for that because it's familiar, but it's been found to be a very successful way of going at it. Yeah. The reason I don't like the superhero ones is just because I get a bit frustrated with the brand of Marvel repeating the same things over yeah, and over again. Yeah. But I think in this, it definitely worked because yeah. it is an appealing genre and it's it's edgy. It's a yeah. lot edgier, and a character that has with Cruella Deville has the potential of being a bit edgy with the way she looks, but also her behaviour historically from all the other. Uh, interpretations of this it has been put in a good direction and straight away I liked that I like it was set in London it was it had the very 70s vibe to it yeah, so definitely. my first feel from watching it was yes, very watchable bit of fun as well had that Disney vibe to it but I like how it borrowed from that genre but yeah. made it something that was suitable to what is still a child-friendly film but has got a bit more edge to it
0: yes, hey, absolutely I feel like obviously it is child-friendly I think they very much went into it knowing that the original audience that watched 101 Dalmatians mm. is an older That's audience. The they had to build it in a way that they would, could still relate to it. And in fact, Quelle Deville, she's not a nice person. No. Like, I think they, they did a great job of separating it as a bit of like a standalone film as opposed to a Disney film. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a Disney film. It doesn't feel like a Disney remake. It doesn't feel like a reanimation of it. It's For example, like Mulan, for example, a remake of a Disney classic. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I think because you, the whole time you're watching it, thinking, "Oh, I'm looking for the nods to the original. They're doing this in a very child-friendly way." Whereas this, Um, Craig Gillespie, the director, he said he tried to skit steer into. No, this is she's not a nice person. We're going to make it really drive that home. And overall, I think it makes it a fantastic watch.
1: Yeah. A bit of an anti-hero in those exactly. ways.
0: But yeah,
1: yeah, I fully get that. And my kind of grapple afterwards was trying to piece that together of knowing it was a Disney film. And obviously mm. it was a, a modern interpretation of this story, but it was the prequel of it, but feeling very different. Yeah. And I like that because, yes, family films have the place and stuff like that, but not something I'm going to rush out to see. But yeah, it yeah. had that edge to it. And that's what I was saying. It had the extra edge to it.
0: I feel like they they didn't put too many nods in there to the original because they didn't have a backstory to work from. Like all they yeah, had was true. is Quirly de Deville. She has her two henchmen. She doesn't like um, Dalmatians. Like that's all they had to work from, really. So they didn't have any source material that they felt they had to navigate around. And all we have to get make sure we get these plot points in. For example, like where that's the downfall of like a superhero backstory is. They feel like they have to do this, all oh, this fan service. Yes. Whereas if it was a fan service in this, it will show you a cinematic service mm-hmm. of a of a great film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it did have that feel of being a bit a bit freer in mm. what it was doing. And I definitely felt that and I do think that worked. Let's move that on to of what we've seen. It was a bit grittier and a bit edgier. Yeah. A lot of that goes into um, the performance of Emma Stone but yeah, the course. character that's put into it. So that is one of the things that drives this edginess and mm. how it is a little bit uh, different and takes that uh, different route is the fact that you've got strong performances in there but the characters are crafted in a very bold way. Yes, definitely. What do you think in terms of styling and also in how these characters were portrayed both by the actors but written? What did that do for the storyline for you?
0: Yeah, I feel like it. I was a bit worried going into it I'd end up feeling sorry for Cruella, and at times you do feel sorry for her because obviously she had, obviously we never said this at the beginning, but spoilers for anyone watching who hasn't seen it. Um, I think she has um a tough time as a child. She's very much an outsider, um, which I think we've all felt a bit like that in our lives. If, if you feel mm-hmm. a bit different, she has different hair. She goes to this like private school, but very much doesn't fit in with their like morals and how you're supposed to behave within that. Um, like. Upper classes of society. From there, she ends up moving out of her hometown due to getting expelled from school. On the way to London, her mother ends up getting killed by who we later find out is the Baroness, who is like one of the other main protagonists. In in the well, had the 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 villain to the antihero, I suppose that's the best yeah. way to yeah, dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. describe because because no, she isn't a hero, and he was Cruella, so like <laughs> it's a bit, a bit of a strange one in that. Um, but yeah, so at times, like obviously, you feel. Bad for her. she didn't have a good good upbringing, and they kind of like understand, learn to understand, like how she became who she is and why, out of, which is one of the main themes of this film revenge of uh, getting her own back on this woman who turns out to have killed her mother, yeah. through the use of Dalmatians, which then segues nicely. That's a nice nod into the original of why she dislikes Dalmatians so much. So there is a few nice nods in there, and as a character, it's great to see Emma Stone develop. Um, as when we first see her, um, she is in What is you're assuming is a, like mid twenties, early twenties, something like that. And then you can really hear it in the voice how she creates this Koala character yes, yeah, yeah, when she sure. first like does the Koala character. It's like a she, she has a classic Koala voice, but by the end of the film, she's fully indoctrinated that personality. And you can really see it in her eyes, most of all. I think like she's initially like. Oh, this is more of an act. Whereas by the end, that's who she is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Emma Stone does a fantastic job of portraying that.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that stood out when watching it for me was that separation between the two characters that Emma Stone plays of Estella and yeah. Cruella. Yeah. And she makes a very clear line between those mm. and does them very well because it is Estella, isn't it? That's yes. It? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... She has got an innocence to her, but mm. her drive in life is to fulfil what her mum wanted for her, yeah. or at least the mum that brought her up, which she later finds isn't her yeah. birth mum. She's trying to do something for her. She's mourning her death. But she's mm. trying to be a better person, knuckle down, and she goes into fashion fulfills yeah. and tries to fulfill her dreams. But when she gets that extra piece of information that it was actually the Baroness who killed her mother, yeah. and then finds out she is actually her birth mother, then you get that other side to her, and there's a great split there. It felt reminiscent of uh, the the Spider-Man where you had mm. the Spider the traditional one, but then the the black sat Spider-Man, mm. and it was those counter. Um, uh, personalities there bouncing between those but drawn very well and I think that is a strong performance in what she does in terms of like you said through the voice but also in terms of those micro relationships with the two guys who are henchmen yeah yeah those relationships between them because they grow up together um, they struggle in their lives together, pickpocketing, pulling all of these mm. jobs. And they have a very loving relationship. But then you feel that tension. And this is where you dislike the character of Cruella at times, is where mm. she pushes her loved ones away. There's an almost, there's a squaring of that circle at the end where they get the manor house and they kind of hug it all out. But you still get that kind of, that dark undertone to her, which lies through Cruella. And what I like about the character and how they paint it, it's not just a rounded, oh, actually, yeah, she had some flaws, but I was fine. Mm. It's like, no, here's your flawed hero. Here's your flawed individual. It's accepting that somebody can be loved, liked, for certain parts of their personality but they can have parts of their personality that aren't likeable but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean the whole of the person is yeah, bad yeah. and this is definitely a trend of more modern films and i think yeah. a good trend because it is a bit more true to life in that aspect it's not just saying oh done something bad or's oh, redeemed everything's beautiful it's saying mm-hmm. you know what she's probably still a bad person in many ways but there is something to love about her mm-hmm. and make your mind about how that goes so I definitely like how that character was drawn and, and, and how it played out in terms of that. When definitely. it came to the actual filmmaking, yeah. when visuals and stuff like that, like I said, it's quite fast-paced now. It moves, yeah, really, But it was a, it was
0: two hour 15, so it was a long film. Mm, but it, fe- I, it didn't what feel... You did, did it feel it quick did it to me, you? like... I, I remember, like, pausing it halfway through to um, just get a girl drinking a snack. And I couldn't believe I like, could... An hour had passed by. But I feel like they'd managed to cram so much in. And they hadn't, like skipped over like any like backstory elements which I thought was obviously there wasn't a backstory to be drawn upon but I felt like you were really well-rooted I think in terms of like who this character is Mm -hmm. why she's got there and stuff so they crammed a lot in but it it felt roomy, had room to breathe as well like you were like just information, 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 information. It was it was a very much enjoyable watch and I'm, I'm a bit worried in the classic Disney side of things, like are they just going to sequel this? Because I think they left it in a way that they are just going to turn it yeah. Oh, it well
1: felt like it could. It? Yeah. The characters are all poised together to then go. What was the final line? Is that? Like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. I've got some ideas.
0: Bang, court next, well, and then the post credit scene. Which did you see the post credit scene? Didn't know there was a post credit <sighs> scene. You see the post credit. This guy's supposed to love films. This is a <laughs> post-credit scene. Yeah, I like the film. I don't sit
1: there like an idiot, like all Marvel fans <laughs> well, did, exactly. waiting for another
0: clip of a film. Well, exactly. It's, it's, well, it's just drawing on the even more tropes of the superhero genre. Okay, what was there. the
1: post-credit scene?
0: So, the post-credit scene, it sees, um, I, I can't remember the characters' names now, but who are the main two protagonists in the original 101 Dalmatians. They get delivered to their front doors a dalmatian puppy each one boy one girl which is a nice nod into okay we're gonna do a sequel it's gonna feature these actual real life dogs now and all all that Um, very much becoming the disney superhero cinematic universe which will end up then flowing into like we'll have aladdin flying through the sky or something like that it'll get get ridiculous um but i forgot what my main point was before that we were talking about the cinematography and everything yeah, yeah. um but yeah so cinematography wise fantastic i've got a name in cinema i had to write this down because it's really hard go on, give it a go I'm give it a go nicholas karakatsanis i presume that's how it said you nailed it yeah you probably okay. nailed that um i'd never actually seen any of his work before uh, but i was very impressed with everything that he did but it did very well in terms of separating out the characters in terms of everything Cruella based and Estella based. It's very much, it's all handheld, um, giving that a bit more in um, tying into their personality. It's a lot more rogue, it's a lot more cut and dry. Whereas, like the uh, Baroness, a lot more smooth movements, big crane movements, a lot more wide angle shot showing these big grand spaces. Whereas, everything with Estella and Cruella is a lot tighter. So, obviously, there is wide angle shots in there because you obviously have to have a variety of shots but it really separates those characters out really nicely especially towards the end of the film it's a lot it's not massively over exaggerated but there is that bit more camera shake which as a viewer when it really helps the subconscious to say okay let's focus on here now we're focusing over there which i very much enjoyed
1: absolutely yeah i know what you mean in terms of it didn't necessarily feel like two hours, 15. There was a lot of action went through it. Mm. From a personal perspective, I enjoy a bit more development of character into relationships. Whereas Ooh, yeah. there was just a lot of action, which was great. And I just kind of sighed a little bit where I felt it was coming to the end. And they went oh, now we're going to do another job at this big, another big event we're going to go and hit up and we're going to go and do Mm. uh, what is essentially a major prank on someone. It
0: becomes almost like Ocean's Eleven-esque then at that point where it's just getting bigger and bigger. Which is
1: fine. It works for it. And that's the type of film it is. And then when those events play out, they're very engaging and put together very well. Just from my personal perspective, I just get a bit bored of that same thing happening. So that felt just slightly annoying to me.
0: But was done well. Well, I think that that's in a way that they kind of split the film in two in that respect. Because, like, at the halfway mark, kind of like you could have, and Disney could have very well have done this and made more money out of it, and everyone would have still watched it. They could have elongated the first half of the film with the backstory and the childhood and the mother's involvement with the Baroness and stuff. They could have elongated that and finished the film when she goes to work for the Baroness. And then Coella Two mm-hmm. is then her. Like it finishes like uh, she's working for the Baroness and becomes Quella for a day to like get their own back. And then film two is her taking the Baroness down and taking the fortune and everything. They could have separated mm-hmm. out, and I'm glad they didn't. But yeah, I do know what you mean. The second half of the film is very much. Kind of like heist, heist, heist. Yeah, which know. is fine.
1: Like I said, you still got to draw about, even though it is a non-Disney Disney. It is Disney. It's just them going in this new direction of being a little spunkier, and which is fine. It's cool, but it's just I what I want out of a film like that is it is kind of borrowing from this origin story, like the Joker. Well, go into that, hammer into her thoughts and feelings, yeah, while yeah. it affects her life, what she really feels about it. I don't want it just to touch upon like oh, I feel grief, I feel hatred, I feel revenge. Mm. Oh, but let's go and have, like, a fun slapstick run around. That's true. Which is fine, but that was my frustration on that. But how I thought those characters were sold between Stella and Cruella were not necessarily through the cinematography, but I think the set design and the whole world that was created mm. and the writing was very clever. I loved how when they put those dresses in the safe and the butterflies came out of the cocoons. Yeah, yeah. Little touches like that were fantastic. And I think it was interwoven really well. That's what kept me engaged mm-hmm. was the, the plot points were quite clever and well stitched together mm-hmm. and also visually there's a lot of great stuff because yeah. it was focused on fashion and it was very much focused on the 70s, the soundtracks and then her friend who helps her makes the clothes, he was definitely based a bit on Mick Jagger and his yeah, styling definitely. and all the stuff was 70s based. Visually it was great and that was put together yeah. fantastically I'm and that jumped that... out to me but that helped give those uh, separations between the two characters, when you get the darker bit of it mm. and the lighter, that was very good. But
0: I'm really glad how they kept this really vibrant colour scape going throughout the entire film as well. Obviously, when things are Quella based, things are a little bit darker and with terms of like outfits and colours and stuff like that. But in terms of the sets, in terms of the world that this is all happening within, it was very much reminiscent, I would say, of that time period where there's like <laughs> big, bold brass especially like an arty yeah. friend of That world. had a
1: lot of fun and appeal to it, and yeah. that's what gave it the extra layer, I think. And that's mm. one of the upsides I like of them going into this a bit wider, edgier space is that it had a bit more historical context to yes. it. It was a bit more fun and playful in that way. Anyway, let's bounce on to some okay. themes. Um, talks about the film a lot there and its uh, practicalities, but yes, it goes into a few maybe darker spaces but explores a few bits the one bit that definitely got to me straight away was this exploration of her identity and Mm. how that was linked to these kind of traumas or uh, life events that happened to her and i think this is really done well from straight away we get this vibe that okay yeah she's there just with a mother but they've she's a bit of a uh, an outcast but she's a, mm. maybe a frustrated genius yeah. and then she we go on she dies and then she goes on to try and make herself but then she has this big news about yeah. her birth mum being the baroness um, so the film yes playfully uses those to kind of like create a new character who becomes this and stand out yeah. but that's definitely mirroring this uh, up and down of the uh, like emotional mindset which I think is good, and I like films like this, then touching a bit onto it. As I said, my frustration just comes back to it again is I don't know where I fully stand on this. It's, it's a Disney film, it's a mainstream film going, we're going to be a little bit more touchy feely and allow ourselves mm. to go into deeper things, which is great. This is what film should resonate with, but we're just going to borrow that to make our uh, film have more depth and actually be a better film rather than we're really going to go into yeah, it. True. So I don't know whether I like that, because it's, it's mainstream going into those areas that should be explored in film, or is it mainstream stealing from those areas to give themselves a bit more appeal? Either way, I do think mm. it was put together well, in the ways that were said with the visuals, to draw attention to a more so, uh, uh, a narrative an emotional journey with more depth rather yeah. than just the actual acts of oh look what she's going to do that's crazy isn't it and then look at that da, 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 da. I like that and I think that theme was put through nicely were there any uh, wider themes that stood out to you
0: mm, well obviously the, the theme of revenge is obviously a, a keen one that goes through that and I feel like you always knew that was coming so that wasn't like, a bit of a surprise yeah. obviously like you can understand like who Aquella is as a character, as her trope. She's a bit evil and stuff. But again, like as you were saying, it's showing that people are, are multifaceted in, in that respect. It's like she does have this this kinder side to her. She's not just like as her hair would say, black and white. Like and I, I feel like it's very much representative in the writing yeah, of that. Because even once she's become this um, fully fledged Aquella character, she's a character to us, she's a character to us, but she's a character to herself, because she knows deep down that she's not all that, because when she breaks uh, the two henchmen out of prison, they then have that moment of reconciliation between <laughs> them, where she kind of like takes a step back outside of, like a, a of an outer character, out body experience, like, no, these are my friends, these are my family, my actual family, obviously opposed to evil Baroness family. Um, So yes, it was really interesting to see how that shaped the narrative internally, because how she was battling against that, but knows that even though they do these bad things, a classic anti-hero type, that she still can turn herself, not turn herself back into, but she has these nicer characters, which as from an audience perspective, we all have sides to us that are like that. I think we all have internal conflicts or I'm, I'm like this, one day I'm like this, another, or maybe aspects of your personalities which some people like and some people don't like. But that doesn't change who you are as a whole, as a collective person. It's just sometimes you let out some bits, sometimes you let out others. Um so yeah, other all, all themes, um it's also, so we had um uh, you go. Where, where you? Yeah, no, I think you spot on there actually what you
1: what you said in that last bit and I found that tricky to reconcile at the end of the film was what exactly am i getting from this but i think that is exactly the main point and achievement of the film is saying okay here's a flawed hero yeah and this is different to how we normally depict heroes of historically depicted heroes Mm. is that the flaws of the hero are brushed under the carpet or put aside or whatever Whereas in this, you know, judge her however you want as a hero, but she Mm. is the end hero of the narrative. You might not like her, you might not like what she does, you might love her, but she is put there as the hero of the narrative. But she's presented warts and all, and the suggestion is, Mm. okay, a personality isn't made up just of one thing that is visual to all. It is lots of different dimensions we're not just one person in many ways yeah, we're yeah. many different people in- and i think that's a healthy message to send out and a healthy thing to depict it's not necessarily really saying this is aspirational and that's where mm. the fine line is to dance is not making something aspirational that's negative but it's saying this is a, exists within many of us or similar uh feelings or ways of life um and thoughts exist with many of us but yet you can still drive in a positive direction because of it. And I think that's the
0: main achievement of the film yeah.
1: in terms of its deeper messages, Yeah, absolutely. getting to that point.
0: For those who are like fans of like musical theatre, it, it's quite like Wicked-esque. Have you ever seen Wicked? I've not seen Wicked. So that's, obviously, everyone that's familiar with it, obviously you're not. Um, so that's following the backstory of the Wicked Witch of the West within... Um, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. There we go. That's what I thought there. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's kind of like borrowing a few aspects from that. So like I said, like, she's the anti hero, but within that, she is the hero because it gives you that additional backstory of why she is mm-hmm. who she is. But going back onto, as you said, with, as we said, like, it's kind of like the Disney cinematic universe. I could have done without a Batman in it off the cliff of a parachute. At the end. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like, there were some moments where it was just like, Oh, you're pushing your luck a little bit. Yeah, though,
0: like, for me, like if she'd been, like, knocked off and she just, like, grabbed onto a rope that was there or something that was just out of camera shot, that would have been believable. But her dress turned into a parachute. Yeah, I know she's a great fashion designer and all, but I know you have to suspe- suspend reality when you're watching a lot of this stuff because, obviously, it's a it's a film at the end yeah. of the day. Well, it's not necessarily
1: <laughs> just about the reality of it happening. It's just more the, like oh, come on, like, you've built mm. up a very tense scene where it's about mm. this interaction, but then it just suddenly goes... Yeah, something a, mad. Yeah, I'm a it, parachute It takes lad. away from that, the, the intensity of the interaction and puts yeah. it more on, on the action itself.
0: Yeah, definitely. For me, it would have built more drama if then cut to her, like, clambering back up this rock face on a rope because then it's kind of, like, steering more into a landing from the theme at the beginning when her mother gets knocked off that cliff by the Baroness's Dalmatians, like, because now she's just again she's falling down and she's saved herself with a magic parachute that falls out of a dress and lands in the water. Whereas it would have been it would have been a greater thematic moment if we saw her like clambering back up, like she's ri- risen from this mm-hmm. depth that the Baroness wasn't able to kill her by, rather than yeah, Batmaning it off a cliff, which to me was just. Yeah, it got to me that. I like, they built it up so well and then just to throw that in, it's cheapened it a little bit. Like visually wise, in terms of um the visuals of it, it looked good. Could have done without it. Mm-hmm. But speaking of visuals looking good, I had so much time and pleasure out of just watching all the animals, all the dogs throughout it. Um, just from a like a cinematic making point of view, like the amount of 3D animation and stuff and they were so well done they were so believable those animals with it like you actually saw them you thought yeah that's a real dog mm-hmm. like but obviously they're not real because that would have been a ridiculous thing to try and train a dog to do push a woman off a cliff that would be madness uh, but did you enjoy the, the, the dog because I know you like dogs <laughs> but you're not the biggest dog lover are you uh,
1: well yeah I mean there was a lot of dog in it mm. and it looked real so you know good Uh, Props to the Mm. effects department there, I think it worked very nicely, and as did a lot of the visuals
0: in it. Yeah, the set design was, and the costume design alone was magnificent. I don't know the name of the costume designer, but I imagine they had a lot of fun involved in just Mm -hmm. the dreaming up of these outfits because she's a fashion designer she exists within this world of fashion so you kind of like let the reins off them a little bit in that I think they
1: actually actually had to come up with it with these different pieces which yeah like I said before I think that was fantastic and helped sell a lot Mm. of the uh, different switches and transitions in the film let's wrap this up on our thoughts I'll go in with my overall view Mm. and then my mark out of ten. And cool. If you give us yours, I will you do indeed. To a nice place, as I said, very watchable, mm. very entertaining, and two hours fifteen. Yes, I agree with you. It didn't feel like that, even though some points I was like, "Here we go again." Mm. I did enjoy the whole film and felt like it felt like a great Sunday afternoon film. You come out of it, yeah, it felt like yeah. it was in a different. It took you to a different world, yeah, and that's what I love. I do like how it dipped into being a bit, um, having more depth to it, because as much as I might criticize it for saying, okay, you're stealing rather than um, borrowing, I actually would be more frustrated if it was just a very flat film and had nothing to it apart from a bit of slapstick action and and all stuff Mm. like that. So it was good. It charted this journey very nicely, and I did like the performance in terms of, not necessarily just how, Emma Stone performed, but how her characters were written. Yes. It, it threw you in different directions and it took you into the world. I think that's the most important, yeah, yeah. Most important thing for a film like this, is being taken into that world. Yeah. What they do with you when you're there is totally up to them. And I do like that they added the extra bits of depth and looked mm. into that suggestion of saying, look, there's a flawed individual, but we can still love her, no mm. matter the fact that she is flawed. I enjoyed it I did enjoy it yeah but partly because it wasn't my cup of tea <laughs> genre wise but also that I do think that it just they did push it a bit too far at points where it's like okay you want to be a bit edgy and not Disney but then they go oh let's do something ridiculous in Disney again mm. so right, come and pick where you are eight out of ten good film enjoyed it very, very well done and executed. Yeah. That's what I was saying. From a filmmaking perspective, a lot was thrown at that and it came through very nicely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think I agree with pretty much all of your points there. I think as a piece of cine- cinema, it was a great watch. You can really understand why it took him eight years to to develop this. Like, I think it went through five different writers accredited on it. Um, and then when Craig Gillespie came in, he brought an additional writer and he, um, his name escapes me now. They really helped to give Quell that bit of edge about her and as a watch it was like i said it was a very easy watch i at no point after that this was dragging it all kind of nice pace nice movement to it visually wise we were, it was a, a feast for the eyes like especially when it's the um the fashion show outside by the fountain like, that was good the guitars I like that. Yeah, and I stuff like Just seeing that juxtaposition between the Baroness world and the Cruella world and Emma Stone, as you said, did a fantastic portrayal of her and seeing how she develops as a character into this this lovable rogue anti-hero that we we hate ourselves for loving a little bit at the end. But you can't help but love because you've seen how she's become. But yeah, they very much set it up in the classic Disney style for the sequel, which I'm not looking forward to because... I think it, I don't think it will be good. Never so, make sorry. a sequel. <laughs> never, never make, never a, make sequel. a sequel. Um, but yeah, so out of ten, I think it was an eight point five. Like it would have got a nine if it wasn't for the Batman in off the cliff at the end. Okay. Like, and then yeah, yeah. Overall, great piece of cinema. Fantastic watch. Brilliant. And there we
1: have it. There's the review of Cruella. We hope you've had a little watch as well and have your own views. Tell us what you think. We've dived into it in all. Mm elements there, and you know what, we're contemporary, we want to deliver the reviews on the latest films, and that is one I'm sure that a lot of people will be sharing the views on as well. Absolutely. I think the neck oil washed it down very nicely, It is. and um, I look forward to hearing what people have to say, both about the beer, and about the film, and what we had to say about it. Don't worry, we've got plenty more reviews coming your way, we'll be dipping in and out of films, and don't you worry. Also, the Beer School will be providing us with this space to chat about more films. Will it be nonsense? Will it be enjoyable? It's up to you to decide. But until then, finish it off, Matty. Take your drink, watch a film. That's been the A Film Club podcast. Until next time, see you later.